And here's the question I have to ask you, Kelly. It is, is Oklahoma really that good? I don't know. This might get me canceled in the softball uh-oh, world. Uh-oh. But- Welcome to Softball Speak Easy, a podcast that gives you next level access to the world of college softball. We are your hosts. My name is Rain Wilson, former Duke softball player and now analyst and broadcaster. And my name is Kelly Torres, current Duke softball catcher. Softball Speak Easy is our new talk show. We'll share wild stories about life as a college athlete. Discuss week-to-week insight into the Duke softball season and the current softball landscape. We'll provide behind-the-scenes access for fans and young women who want to play college ball. And much, much more. Softball Speak Easy comes out every Wednesday. Watch us on YouTube, listen, like, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And make sure to follow us at SB Speak Easy on Instagram, X, Facebook, TikTok, all the things. We'd appreciate that so much. But without further ado, Kelly, I say we just dive in. Let's do it. So welcome to episode one, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is something that we are very, we are very (laughs) excited about. Definitely our moms are listening and watching, but some of you might not know who we are. So maybe we introduce Mm -hmm. ourselves. We got to start with my best co-host I've ever had and one of my favorite teammates I've ever had, Kelly Torres. So Uh, Kelly, the audience is asking, who is Kelly Torres? You know, what do you say? Well, if I was famous enough to have a Wikipedia page, I I imagine the title like Kelly Torres, born Miami, raised in Fort Lauderdale. But yeah, I played softball my whole life. I'm a psych major, double minor in neuro and journalism. You've spent your entire career at Duke. You're about to graduate. Big transition coming up, but you're headed into your senior season, which is a huge huge year. And back when I was a senior, we actually played together and that for my very, very last year of softball. So for folks who don't know me, my name is Rain Wilson. Like I said, I actually started my softball career at James Madison University. I transferred, you know, back when there was no poor, very different Mm -hmm. experience transferring. Went to Duke softball uh, for the first ever season, team one shout out. And then since then, left college, did some other things, and then got into broadcasting last year, which brought me right back into the sport that that I absolutely love. So super excited to be here with you, Kelly, and to talk about the game from two very, very different perspectives, one from anal- like analyzing it, broadcasting it, and also from your perspective as playing it every, every week. I mean, it's crazy to think that we were on team four and now it's team seven. The team has definitely changed. I'm excited to get into that. And when we were teammates, it was team four when we started. The COVID team happened... You guys got your season cut short. I didn't have a prom, a graduation. Then we come in August 2020, season's back, but we're wearing masks. No one can be next to each other. We're getting tested every day. Yeah, so you came in our third year, Team 3. You were a senior in high school. You missed prom, all that, all that, which is so sad. Sorry about that. It's all right. Um, I want to talk about the experience that you and I had as teammates because, you know, teammates can have very different relationships with one another. I was a senior, you were a freshman. So I want to ask you about your experience coming in. Like what, what kind of vibe did you get from us as a team? And then yeah. maybe just like, what kind of vibe did you get from the senior class? Me specifically. Team four was special. I still haven't had a year that everyone was living together. I can go across the hall and like juniors were living because we had to just stay in our bubble. So we were extremely close. Rain, when I first got on the team, I was like, dang, this girl, this girl is a leader. She can talk. <laughs> she can, she can joke around. She's just someone you want to, you know, surround yourself with. So 
I think that's why we became friends, just like energy kind of match each other. We connected right away because you have such good energy. I want to talk about you coming back from break. So as everyone knows in college softball, but for those of you who don't know, the fall is sort of like this like building time, like you're lifting a ton, you're running a ton, you're just training so hard to build your body up. And then the season is like when you just get to go play. And so, you know, when you came back, when you start, when your fall, you were good like absolutely good, but you were a freshman trying to figure out your identity. You're trying to figure out school, social life, all those things. And so like you weren't, I don't want to say like you didn't stick <laughs> out like as a, fr- like for like as a freshman, right. You weren't coming in to be our number three, or number four batter in the lineup at that time. And you were fighting with a senior for the catching position. And in the fall, I thought it was, I thought it was neck and neck. I, I thought, okay, we'll see what, ha- we'll see what the coaches decide. But then you came back from winter break, which is a defining period for any college softball team is winter break because you have three or four weeks by yourself and you've worked all fall and it's like either you maintain, you get better or you get worse. And most kids, it's it's hard to improve over the fall. It's your goal is to just maintain really. For a lot of people, they get worse because they, they go home to freaking Idaho and they don't have a field to play on or they're just enjoying time with their family as they should. You came back a completely different player. You literally came back hitting the ball 250. Your your throwdowns were like missiles every time. It was crazy. And that's when I knew I was like, that's a dog. Like I want, I want to play with her. Like that's a dog to leave and then come back like Stop. with the confidence. Yeah. Like, what did you do over the break? You know, I think at college you get numbers, you get video, you get things that you never had before on your swing, your throws, your mechanics. And I think I just learned so much about myself in that one fall, you know, like seeing your swing on repeat on the hit tracks, using Rapsodo, things like that. And then I just found my own routine. And I think that was like, you know, maturity piece. You're going home. What works for me? What doesn't work for me? I feel like in high school, you just do it. Your coaches say, your trainers say, but now you have this unique time that you're by yourself. You were coached every single day for hours on end of what your swing should look like and, you know, what you need to do to get it there. And I think I just found this fire. It's like, I only have four years. I only have four years in this sport. And sadly, there's no, yes, there's AU and things like that, but there's nothing like an MLB level. And so I'm treating this as my MLB level. And I think that shift in my mindset, like I'm finally here. I want to make most of my four years is kind of what like put me into like, it's dog time and it's now or never. You really stepped in that role. And I think there's so many different directions freshmen could go in. You can go in internal and be like, you know, woe is me. Like I'm, I'm not playing well. Everyone around me is so good. Or you can go in your direction where you, you invest in yourself, you believe in yourself and, and you come out better for it. And so let me, I want to go back a little bit though and ask you when in your freshman, freshman fall, were you like, oh, like this is, this is like real, like this is hard. Oh my God. I know the exact moment. It was, so we do this thing called chaos here where coach is pitching. Um, you get one pitch, you're hitting. If you foul it off, you're out. If you strike, if you miss, you're, you're in the back of the line. Like you only get one pitch. If it's a ball, you can take yet another one. I don't think I hit one. I don't think I hit or touched a singular ball. Mind you, our coach is an All-American at Michigan. So I'm like, okay, at least like, you know, Coach Young is is a good coach, like yeah. a good pitching. But definitely after that day, I just went in, I went in my room. I'm like, gosh, like, how did I not hit 
one single ball on like a front toss, it, you know? So. Yeah. No, I mean, listen, if you're a young player watching and you come to camp at Duke, Coach Marissa <laughs> Young is going to be throwing, okay? Let me give you the scouting report. She's really good, and she still competes, like, at a high level, like, truly. And we can talk all about Coach Young another time because we there's so much to be said about her and the leader she is and what she's built. But, if, again, back to if you are a young person coming to a camp, you need to sit, rise, Change up, you can read easily. Her arm slows down. Still good. Still really good. Coach Young, you're listening. So let me ask you a little bit more about us being teammates because we only had that one year together. Were there ever moments, I think a lot of times freshmen can be scared of seniors or intimidated by the seniors. Mm -hmm. Did you ever feel like that about our senior class? No, I think it's because we good. spent so much time together. So COVID was so special. And I know there's so much like, you know, bad stuff that went along with that year, but I've never felt so connected to a team and a group of girls like that year was. It was a special year in so many ways because we mm -hmm. got that ACC championship, baby. First ACC Let's championship go. in Duke softball history. First one, not the last one. Only one right now. Two coming two soon. Two coming soon. Two coming soon. And speaking of, we won the ACC championship in 2021, mm -hmm. which was epic. But the hopes are for your team, Team 7, is to win another ACC championship. So I'm going to I'm going to kind of give a synopsis of the past couple years. So 2 years ago you have a bunch of All-Americans on the team. You got Jamison Cable, Peyton St. George, Deja Davis. You lose 10 seniors. I'm going to forget people, but you know, Rachel Crabtree, Carol, Tina, all of these Shelby too. I mean, there's there's a list of 10 10 really solid players mm -hmm. that you lost. And the the mindset going into last year from the alumni all the way through some players on the team was like see how it goes like we have some freshmen that are really good. We got Anna, sophomore, who's really good. We got some good pieces here and there, but we just lost like our starting lineup. So like, there's so many unknowns. And then you go into last year and you slap the heck out of everybody. Like y'all were amazing. Like I remember as a, like alumni, we were like alumni weekend. We're like, ah, you know, we'll see what happens. And of course, there's something to be said about like, oh, it's like we are we're gone, so they won't be as good. Uh, opposite, right? You host your first ever Super Regional. You get beat by FSU in the ACC Championship, which is a super tight game. But you have these stars that come out. Cassie Kerr, Deanna Jennings, Amina Vega, Anna Golds. Always, like, she's a stud. And you have this amazing year, like, powered by you, too. Like, behind the plate and Frankie and, and so many others. Lily Walker, shout out, too. So then this year is completely different mindset because there's expectations now. Like you guys had a really good year last year and you bring almost everybody back. You lose Deja, mm -hmm. but you, you bring your whole starting lineup back pretty much. Yeah. And so this year, you know, what are, what's the mindset in the, in the locker room? Is it like, Hey, we will, we'll, let's go to the world series. Like that's where we should be. Or is it, are you still like kind of feeling like the underdog? No, not at all. Um, like you said, last year, the entire starting lineup left. I think there's only a couple of us that were on the field that stayed and we were just like, you know what, let's be dogs, let's compete, let's give it our all. Even our class had a big adjustment because we were always, you know, there's leaders above us. And now we stepped into that leadership role and it was very abrupt. You know, it was a big change. This year, we've been there. We've been in those experiences. Everyone's gained the year. We're just ready. You know, I wouldn't even say that expectations is what we're worrying about. It's more like we know what we're capable of. You know, our first year together, like you said, Cassidy was a freshman. Deanna Jennings was a freshman. Amina Vega was a freshman. They now have a year of experience, a year of maturity. Anna, Jada Baker. Oh, yeah. Defense, Shout out Jada Baker. Offense, yeah. 
Giselle Tapia. Yeah. I think we are on all cylinders, you know, ready, firing and competing. I don't think it's like we should be at the World Series. It's we will be at the World Series. Yeah. So I'm excited for this year. And and like last year you lose to to Stanford in the Super Regionals. You you faced a couple really good arms and a really yeah. solid team. You y'all had beaten Stanford earlier in the year and so then you know, you're hosting Super Regionals. It kind of feels like the stars are aligning to take you to the World Series the first time ever. And so take me through what it was like kind of running into the buzzsaw that was Nigel Kennedy and like the motions after that. She is an awesome pitcher. I need to give it to her. I'm in the box. One second she's starting her motion. The next the pitch is by me. Phenomenal <laughs> pitcher. <laughs> Seriously, I think. Yeah. She's up there with Keely Richard from VT yeah, back in yeah. the day. Yeah, she's a dog. She is a dog. But like you said, we beat them earlier in the year. I think we were just like, yes, we got Stanford and we had already played them and we had already beat them. I don't think we let off the gas. I think we were more like settled and yeah. I don't think we should ever be settled. And I do think I think things happen for a reason. And yeah. I don't think we were ready. I don't think that team, as good as we were, we were still young. We were still going through for things. Sure. I think whatever was the universe, it aligned us for this year to be ready now. But yeah, they came in and she was just un unstoppable. And I think your point of like, you know, that prepared you for this year is huge. It's huge because y'all know what that feels like to host a Super Regional, to do all the work all year long, and then to come up short. Speaking of facing really, really, really good teams, mm -hmm. let's talk about who you guys open up with. You go to Mexico and you face Oklahoma. And here's the question I have to ask you, Kelly. It is, is Oklahoma really that good? That is a loaded <laughs> question. <You laughs> it know, totally is. I mean, they're good. They're ballers. But they're I, ballers. I don't know. This might get me canceled in the softball uh -oh, world. Uh -oh. but. You know, they're just people who put their shirts and socks on just like everybody else. Mm -hmm. And it's not that I'm tired that they're up there, uh -oh. but it's like, let's like, I'm ready uh -oh. for this year to be different. And I don't want, I mean, we're playing them first game. I hope, <laughs> I hope they're not like clipping this podcast. This is going in the locker room. They put no, it all in the respect. locker room. All respect, Oklahoma. All respect. I'm just excited to compete against the best. You know, if, if we want to be in the World Series. I can't think of anything better than starting yeah. off with Oklahoma. You know, that's prepping us for our goal. And yeah. I'm ready. You know, it's not like, oh, we're playing Oklahoma. I hope we do good. No, like, <laughs> we're putting up a fight. Like, we're going in yeah. winning. First, young softball fans out there and just softball fans in general. You don't have to be young. But you can learn a lot from how they play. And when you talk about sports dynasties, this is we're getting into territory. They they could win their fourth national championship in a row. Or we're talking John Wooden's UCLA. We're talking Gina Ariema's UConn women's basketball. We're talking Pat Summit at Tennessee. Like we're talking Nick Saban, Alabama football. Like these women are doing something that I never thought could happen in modern day softball. And that is be a dynasty and and be be damn near unbeatable for me are they that good yeah they're they're that good they but, are. <laughs> but duke is good like and i think you said it perfectly it's like what what else could you possibly want than a, in a wicked test in mexico game one like let's mm -hmm. see where we're at let's see what the benchmark is and also 
February games, let's be real, in May, you're not looking at those scores and thinking, oh, that's telling us a lot about who we are. You're looking at that like that's where we were. And the best teams are a completely different team in May than they are in February. That's reality. Mm -hmm. And so it's like Every such single. a perfect, yeah, it's such a perfect, perfect start. Um, Every single team I've been on, when we start in February, we are completely different by May and when ACCs roll around, you know, like yeah. it's gross. So where yeah. we start in Mexico, when we open up, that's our start. That's just baseline. Yeah. And I'm excited to just see the baseline because we're only going up from there. To like give you some a reference, I you know hate to throw out the stats for you, but let's talk about Oklahoma stats last year. All right. Number one in batting average, 336 as a team. Duke, number 15. Not bad. Not bad. We're up there. there. You're up there. You're up there. Number one in ERA, 0.96, sub one ERA, number one in the country. Duke, number 21. Still up there. Still up there, up right? Up there. Up there. All right. This is this one's going to hurt. <laughs> <laughs> this one's going to hurt you, okay? Number one in fielding percentage, 0.987. Pretty darn good. Duke, number 136. So, you know. You know what? Let me say something really quick. Let yeah. me say something really quickly. 136, that's the number you said? Yeah. And we were still eight seed, okay? And we're still eight yeah. seed now. So I do want to say we were young. <laughs> that team, like I said, we were so young with young coaches even. Like it wasn't yeah. even like we, we had a new coaching staff that year as well. And I mean this year too, but all I'm saying Do you know what is, that is? Sounds no, like I the don't. excuse train. <laughs> All I'm saying is we were 136 ranked eighth this year. Okay. It's not going to be any, anything All right. close. All right. That's all I'm saying. I'm we'll see. That hey, out at the end of the year, we'll we'll wrap this up and we'll see where you're at. We got to put our last episode with this episode. I think there's like 180 teams. So like there's they, you're way closer <laughs> to the bottom. So there's like much more room to get better. But I digress. We can only go up. One thing that I think we should talk about next is, you know, Oklahoma is really good on the field. They also have a pretty amazing fan base. And, you know, I don't know if you're, are you a big X person? Are you on Twitter? X, whatever. Uh, I took like a year off of X. I'm back on. I'm trying to get back into it, but not, not as big. I dabbled last year into the Oklahoma Sooner softball X world. And what a what a wild place to be because those fans are so passionate. I don't think there's a single fan that tweets about Duke softball, but these Oklahoma Sooner fans, they are engaged in every single moment of the game. It's like there there's someone getting taken out. Oh, like you know, why are they getting taken out? Or it's like, oh, yes, they yeah. should have been taken out. Like, And so it's this huge world. And so for that team to, like, not only balance playing really well every game in, game out, even with the expectations, like, they're expected to go undefeated, and they do that, or just short of undefeated last year. And then to also have, like, hecklers on Twitter from other schools, too, that is some serious, serious pressure. If we want women's sports to skyrocket, if we want that growth, that's the other side of the coin. Like, we're going to have to deal with Twitter and hate and people everyone having an opinion about everything and i think they're a good example of like what what softball can be right with a great fan base a passionate group of people putting on a great display for our sport with that i want to talk about the evolution of duke's fan support for our first fall exhibition we had like a good amount of people like a thousand people i'd say because it was like oh wow new you know new team mm -hmm. 
And then it quickly dove closer to 20, 30 people, maybe, if we were lucky. <laughs> yeah, like, those midweek games. The midweek mid-weeks, games is what gets you. Mm-hmm. Like, nobody in the stands. But I will say for Duke softball fans who are listening now, that number has grown a lot. And for those 20 and 30 people who were there, thank you so much. We recognize you and, like, we appreciate you. But I think that number is has gone up a ton. I know it has. And I think it will continue to go up. So can you talk a little bit about the atmosphere at the Super Regional, atmosphere at Regionals, and like how the Duke fan base has grown? Yeah, I mean, Super Regionals was insane. I think it was also because Stanford was such a high academic school, too. It's like, not only was it like, you know, obviously we're playing the sport, but it was like, who's the better academic school? Like, who are the better nerds, you know? That was an awesome game. The entire stadium was packed. The hill behind the the fence out there in center field. It was packed. It was awesome. But I would say nothing compares to like when you go down to FSU and all those people, those hecklers, you got two strikes on you. They're like, K time. K time. Like that plays in your head. You know, I started being like, oh yeah, it's Kelly time. Like I'm up to bed. They're cheering for me. The K time chant, like, come on. As for for us, like we're not used to that crowd at all. Like we're not used to a big, there's no like forgetting you're there and like locking in on the pitcher. Like in an environment like that, we're like, oh wow, K time. In the yeah, day, like, like, K time. Jesus. Oh my and God, my like, freshman year. Oh, I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> the entire stadium. My freshman year was so embarrassing. It was at FSU. It's why it reminded me. It was raining. You know, it gets a little slippery. There's a pass ball. I'm running to go get the pass ball. So I'm running towards the fan. I grab it, I slip. Like straight legs in the air, back hits the floor. Sydney Cheryl's on first base, so she <laughs> she takes off. Uh, and then and then I'm panic mode, you know, like I got to do something. I just slipped eight ass on the damn softball field. Pick up the ball, <laughs> sail it into right field. Like, <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> yeah, she didn't go to third. I don't think, but yeah, yeah that. It's just people yelling at you, you know, you're on your back. It, it really doesn't get any worse than that. Yeah, no, I mean, and like, to, you know, we talk about Oklahoma's fan base, but we should re- we should really talk about Florida State's and yes. that program. They have been like the big bad dog in the ACC. Like they're mm-hmm. the measuring stick. And I think that that is not changing, but I think that, you know, now Duke, now Clemson, Virginia Tech, like, there's some more conversations about who's going to be the top of the league this year. Whereas like when I was my freshman year, sophomore year, it was like, okay, Florida State and then who, right? Like that was kind of the conversation. And talk about a passionate fan base. Talk about a really like well-coached team. Dude, I have a, I have a great story about Florida State. My my team won, right? We're like, you know, team one. We're gonna try to like, we're gonna show up and show out against Florida State. Like, we show up and we're like, this is our moment. Like, we're gonna we're gonna take a game, right? And and team one just the backstory to folks. Like, Coach Young was trying to find warm bodies at the time to play, and so we weren't. We I wouldn't say the I wouldn't use the word depth to talk about our roster, um, including me. I was on the roster, so. <laughs> self-deprecating but so so we show up okay we get there like three hours early because that's how we warmed up then i have an entire bone to pick about that but we get there three hours early we're like we're like talking through the pitchers like what she throws what she throws like this whole plan is coming together we're like yeah we're gonna win like yeah like this the, the fans start coming in we're like oh yeah this is this is it 
And it's like 30 minutes before the game. And we're like, where are they? Like, I haven't seen them at all. Like, where, yeah. like, where is the other team? And we like look over and they're like kind of casually walking into the, the batting cages, like, la-di-da, like take some hacks. Like, it, it felt like they came in 30 minutes before the game. I know this is probably not true. I'm sure they came in plenty of time, but literally took some swings here, came on the field. And at the time, we had a big, um, I would say, motto called um, move them, score them. You guys still talk about that? It's, it's, still, still, it's a great it's principle. Still a thing. It's a great yes. principle. I'm not hating on the principle, okay? <laughs> but um, I would say we need a little bit more than one run to beat Florida State at the time. That's just my personal opinion about that. So mm-hmm. anyway, so we get the leadoff runner on. We bunt them over. And then we eventually, like, there's a pass ball. We get a sack fly. We score one run in the first inning. And we are, like, lit. Like, we're like, our plan worked. Yeah. Our plan is perfect. Like, we are. I can cr- imagine the dugout just going like, crazy. Yes. We're like, yeah, you see that? Like, welcome. Welcome. We're Duke, baby. This like, is Duke softball. Hey, what's up, Tallahassee? Like, let's go, right? Score one run. And so we're feeling it. We're feeling good. Florida State, I don't think I've ever seen those girls sweat ever, even in like a <laughs> 1 1 ball game into the 10th. Like, they are like laxed and chill and like swagged out the whole time. Next inning, first batter, I want to say it was Jesse Warren, who is a dog. She gets up, first mm-hmm. pitch, 280 feet. Ooh, goodbye. <laughs> See you later. Next, like, I swear, next batter, home run. Goodbye. Oh my God. Lead no. gone. Now we're back down. Back to back. And I, and so they ended up. I think they won like ten to one or something. And um, you got the first run of the game though. <laughs> you know, they, and we were proud. They can't say that. They can't we say that. We were so proud. I don't. I think we beat Florida State one time in my entire career, and it was in the ACC tournament. So they're a good team. Team four. They're a really good team. And Coach Alameda, Coach Wilson are like they're so good at what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and speaking of good teams and and the the way our sport is moving, we have to talk about NIL. Name, yes. image, and likeness for folks who don't know. Basically, the kind of avenue for college athletes to make money. So I want to ask you, you you know, Duke is a great softball program, top 10, but like not Florida State, not Oklahoma, not the one of these programs with massive fan bases. Um, so what is the, the vibe with NIL? I feel like NIL, I mean, it's great. I'm so happy they made something for college athletes to make money. But I do think it's like, you know, the certain type of people like the Jordy Ball. Everyone yeah. knows Jordy Ball, even if you don't know softball or yeah. like the Livy Dunn, the girl from LSU gymnastics. Like for sure, there there are certain people that are just making like millions, car dealerships, whatever yeah. it is. Um, I know on on our team does something with Mizuno, and nice. that's huge. But it's like, what are the normal like me? I I consider myself yeah. like you know a normal day to day softball player isn't probably making a, any type of money. Yeah, I would say like we can do lessons now. Um, yeah. I mean, and mark podcast, yeah, you can NIL mark yourself, deals yeah. if you want to, you know, shoot us. Yeah, shoot, shoot us. If you guys are interested, like we are open. To I'm anything. down for any any and all sponsorships, <laughs> you know. But I do think it's like if we can use our social media, yeah, for our, you know, if I was to post some type of photo, it goes viral. Then that's how it gets to the point of like an influencer. Yeah. But other than that, I'd say the average person probably isn't making any money on it. A lot of questions are raised about like, oh, well, you know, what? there's such a huge 
disparity in between like Jordy Ball and what she might make versus Kelly Torres or anyone else. And the reality is, is like, I think women in our sport are like, yeah, get your bag. Like, it's about time, mm -hmm. right? You know, I mean, she's well-deserved. She is well-deserved. Well well-deserving. Like, this is another thing for folks who don't know. Um, Jordy Ball played at Oklahoma, All-American, one of the best players in the country, and then transferred to Nebraska, which is we a also massive. We also play Nebraska. Yeah, which you all play in the first four games. So you'll likely face and Jordy Ball, mm -hmm. which is a massive move in college softball. It was like the biggest move last year. Maybe Kelly Maxwell going to Oklahoma too from Oklahoma State. But, and there's a question oh, maybe she was just going after money. Like, first of all, none of your business. Second of all, <laughs> like, who cares, right? Like, even if Seriously. she did, get your bag and also go play at home. Like, it's a win win for her. Be, be closer to family. And, like, and also, what an amazing moment in our sport for someone to be able to go to a school and immediately have this massive impact on the fan base and on the program. Like Nebraska is a top 25 program right now be mm -hmm. because she went there. And, and I also do for have a little teammates. bit of a mixed opinions on that. That's tough, right? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. I, I'm, I'm mixed about it. Yeah. Like Nebraska was never ranked. We never heard. I mean, I don't know. I've never played them, so I can't say that they weren't good historically. I just I don't know that conference that well. Yeah. But for now, one person to get on the team and now they're a top twenty team, I'm a little bit iffy. Like, I'm excited to go play them, but I don't think one player makes the team. I'm excited no. to see what Nebraska does, though. No, I, I agree with you in that one player definitely does not make the team, but I do think like hurrying a two way player and. I think she could have, I think she could win 25 games for them in the circle. Like, and I, I don't know the rest of their roster well enough to say, but like, I think it also reinvigorates you as a team. Mm -hmm. Imagine if Jordy Ball came to Duke, right? You guys already have plenty of pitching weapons and offensive weapons and all that. It's got to feel a little like, okay, yeah, like that's a huge weapon that we got. Like, I think maybe not now for Duke, but like when I was team two, I think if, let's say Jesse Warren. Do you remember her? Did you? Mm -hmm. She was, okay. Yeah, a dog. Amazing offensively. Like, she could hit any pitch anywhere in the zone out of the park. Um, and an amazing third baseman as well. If she said, hey, I'm coming to Duke, I would be like, let's go. Like, I played third. Like, you got it, girl. I'll find another spot. Like, let's go. And so I, I think that helps for Nebraska, too, to, like, feel kind of reinvigorated yeah. about, you know their season we'll see what happens i don't know the top 25 as a player you know this it's like you're really not reading too much into what the polls say at this point right like maybe later yeah. you start looking you're like oh you know we're top 10 you know um polls i feel like are just people in a room who are like oh who looks good this year you know yeah. what does it really say no um no, polls, like, I, for, for, for our sport, they're very important because media publications, like, that's how they bring eyes and controversy and conversations about, oh, no, this should be this, this should be this. And that just brings more eyes to this game. And so it's a necessary thing, but I think players can get, I mean, frustrated by it, of course, because, mm -hmm. you know, even like for analysts, for broadcasting, it's like, we're not in the dugout. Like we're not at, we're not at practice every day. We don't know like the nagging thumb injury that they have, this person has, or that this person is dealing with something in school. So like, they're not at practice for four days out of the week or all these things that like players know and players are like right there. And so as media, we're just trying our best to like shine light on what's actually happening, but you will never know, right. We'll never actually have a good, accurate 
uh, idea of how good each team is, especially at the beginning. I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm a current player right now. And totally. I feel like most players out there would agree. It's just like, who who are you to say that I'm eight and not one? You know? Right. Right. <laughs> For sure. No, it's, it's that, uh, yeah. I'm glad, though, that we have D1 Softball, Softball America, ESPN, NCAA. Like, our sport is growing, and that's what I like to see. Yeah, and and I've got to shout out um, some other podcasts that have been so nice and kind and, like, helpful for us in this journey is at In the Circle Softball. They do such a good job. Great show every week. They get some amazing guests. Softball America, Tara Henry leading the way there. D1 Softball. Um, Justin doing a great job there. Like all these publications that have been so nice to me and the sport right now is, is, we're, is growing so much and there's so many podcasts, there's so many publications. And I think that if we all kind of just support each other, I think it just, it elevates our sport as a whole. So thanks to everyone who's been so nice and, and a plug, follow us at softball speakeasy, SB speakeasy on all platforms. Yes. That would mean so much to us. And then of course, if you're watching on YouTube, please, please, please hit that like button. And on Spotify, rate us five, do whatever you can. We appreciate it so much. Anything helps. And please comment, you know, what you'd like to hear from us and, and things that we could do better. We're, we're always open. Uh, DM us, ask us yeah. questions. We would love to hear what you want to hear, you know, and we want to answer them. So yeah. leave us some questions. <laughs> but speaking of audience and speaking of questions, we actually have a few uh, listener questions from our Facebook page and our Instagram. So I'm going to read them out and we'll, we'll, um, we'll talk about them. So this is first from Les Lemasters. I'm sorry if I said your name wrong. Um, mm -hmm. Tips, tricks, and veteran advice for transitioning from the travel scene to the college level. What would you change if you could go back in time? It's an awesome question. I think the mental game, that's what really does it. It's like everyone's good now. You know, back in travel ball, you might have a couple of players, a handful of players on the team that were like really D1, you know, skill level. But now everyone has that skill and talent level. So it's like what's between the ears that's going to make you different and stand out? Um, calming yourself down. That's going to look different for everyone. For me, meditation breath work love it someone else it might be listening to music getting in the zone might be a pre-game routine so it's really about learning yourself and figuring out what makes you zone it couldn't agree more and i think too just to bounce off that is like find a team where you're not the very best player like find that travel team if it's possible to like force you to elevate your game and compete every day and find a coach that's more invested in development than it is in winning um, get you to play the best, compete against the best, and then, again, invest in the mental game because you're going to hit a brick wall and there's two options. You can crumble or you can climb it. So thank you so much, um, Les, for, for asking that. Next question. This is a question from my former travel softball coach, Chris Hugate. Thank you so much, Coach, for, for adding this to the Facebook page. I would love to hear of the deficiencies in general of players that are beginning at the next level. Do they understand the game? Are they students of the game? Or do they just d depend on talent alone? I remember you, Rain, requesting to be pulled from a game just so you could sit beside me to understand my reasoning for calling pitches. Do players coming in in general know how to make the small adjustments on their own? Which leads me to, are travel coaches teaching the game and educating these players about the game within the game? Or are they just interested in wins? Do they develop leaders or do they develop players that cannot think on their own but rely on coaches at all times? I am so pumped about this opportunity. Thanks, Coach. What do you think, Kelly? A lot of points hit in that question. I think it's the person, your personality coming into college. 
If you want to better yourself, you're going to want to sit next to your coach and listen to calls. You're going to want to be a student of the game. It's like, how bad do you want it? I, I think that's going to depend on person to person and also culture of the school. I think people at Duke are already surrounded by people like that. So if you're not doing it, you're the odd man out, you know? So yeah. it's like you want to be a student of the game because everyone around you is already a student of the game. Yeah, and I, I think like for travel players coming in, like – I do think that we're trending in a direction where players are not learning how to play the game on their own. Like I, I think with pitch calling and the data that we have and like coaches sitting on buckets with like all these pitches and just feeding the battery, the 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 play or the you know, the pitch, I think mm-hmm. that does trend into like not helping players develop. And it coaches are doing a disservice to players if they're not explaining why we went rise ball in there or why you know we went change up low and away after this happened like and so I think that that's something that travel coaches could definitely improve on I I do agree Kelly I think it's person to person and I don't think that's a it's a epidemic problem in our in our sport but I do think um it, it could be better I mean I had teammates that didn't know what the infield fly rule was which i think is a yeah. huge problem i kind of agree a little bit i coached a team over the summer back in south florida and the level of competition i feel like is just different it's a different game i don't want to hate on everyone who might wear face masks but it, I, it's like everyone's wearing face masks now in the outfield i'm like come on like let's be dogs and i don't if you're listening out there and you wear a face mask. This is not. This is not oh, to come at you. Uh oh. Cancel. <laughs> this is already my my second hot take. <laughs> but I do think it's like it's trending in a different way. I don't know if it yeah. will change the sport or not. Who, yeah. who will know? But I do think it's becoming maybe it might be the technology too. We have so much yeah. data. People at home have now like rap sodos everywhere. So. Yeah. It's a new game, and we'll talk about this on the next episode. Make sure you tune in because um, I have a very different opinion about face masks, so we'll talk about that later. But we'll do one more question from our Instagram. Well, let's go with our former teammate Caroline Jacobson said, how did you decide to start a podcast? I can uh-huh. I can take this one. So go I actually I reached out to Kelly, and what, what our goal in this is to provide – like a behind-the-scenes, authentic representation of what it's like to not only be in a college softball season, but also to be from the perspective of an analyst in the booth. And so the goal is to kind of go beneath the like media basic headlines you saw and talk really through like what it's like to be a college athlete and, and to play at a high level in our sport. Um, and and so I asked Kelly if she'd be a part of it, and I couldn't think of anyone better to do this with than Kelly because she's the bomb. Yeah. And we are just so, so pumped for to get this going and to have fun with it. Yep, you set it up. Well, team, thank you so much for tuning in to our first ever episode at Softball Speak Easy. Don't forget to watch Duke Softball as they face Oklahoma in Game 1 in Puerto Vallarta. And thank you so much for watching, listening, viewing, and subscribing. Softball Speak Easy comes out every single Wednesday. Watch us on YouTube. Listen, like, subscribe. You all get the vibe. And make sure to follow us at SB Speakeasy on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, all the things. We appreciate you so much. Thank you all for everything. Peace. Peace.
we're gonna talk about home runs, doubles, singles, and triples. Ready to uh, go, and we're ready uh, to get uh, it. Softball uh, speak easy. Welcome to the yeah. show. We'll see you next week. Uh, Time to go. Ow. Ow. Word. Ow, ow, ow. Ow, ow, ow. Thank you so much. <laughs> see you next Peace. week on Softball Speak, speak Easy. easy. <laughs>